Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. You found us. You found us. That's great. I'm happy that you're here. Happy hump day, everyone. And normally we start with like news and stuff. Unless there is some form of news that is going to have to be the crux of a podcast, I got to direct you to the new podcast that I'm doing. It runs before the morning show, so it started yesterday, Tuesday, and it was before Jeffrey Benedict's uh, Cutting Room Floor podcast. It's called The Steelers Update. It is five minutes in length, folks. Like That's it. Maybe six, five to seven minutes at max. You're going to get the latest news and updates on the Pittsburgh Steelers. For instance, if you haven't listened today, I talk about whether Brian Flores, his vacancy, is it going to get filled? I answer that question. Also, I take a look at the recent two-round mock draft by ESPN. We're going to have to start learning some of these prospects, folks, so let's do it together. Make sure you join me at least every Monday through Friday in the morning for the Steelers Update podcast. You will enjoy it. You won't regret it. And it's only five freaking minutes. We all have five minutes, right? So that alleviates some of the news on my Let's Ride podcast, and we get to go right into the crux of the show. And... You know, I, I had an idea for my Monday podcast, and then all of a sudden I'm talking with Jim Wexel, and I know I have a question in the second half of the show in the mailbag, which has a lot to do with that whole situation and the exchange between myself and Jim, and it went way longer than I thought, but I was like, you know what, I'll just push it to Wednesday. And the topic is this, when will the Pittsburgh Steelers stop treading water? And that's a, that's a tough question. And I think a lot of people might say, well, what do you mean, Jeff, treading water? Like, you know, I feel like it's just kind of turned into the status quo. I feel like the Steelers have made progress in some areas. They have regressed in some areas. Regardless, the Steelers, in my opinion, are the epitome of treading water. They're not drowning. They're not out of the pool either. They're just in there treading water. And when you look at the last five years, I mean, let's look at this. I mean, in 2018, the Steelers finished 9-6-1, and one, okay? 2019, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. 2020, they finished 12-4, and four, and you're thinking, that looks fantastic. Remember, they started at 11-0. and 0. They, they fizzled down the, the stretch, make the playoffs, get shellacked and embarrassed at home by the Browns, of all people. 12-4. 2021, 9-7-1, and, and last season, 9-8. and eight. To me, I look at that and I see that is the epitome of status quo, the epitome of treading water. And this isn't me crapping on the Steelers. I don't want you to think that. This is not me taking a dump on the Steelers and the coaching staff, and I'm not going to sound off about all that. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just trying to figure out what needs to change. Like That's the ultimate thing. Uh, anyone can sit there and complain. My thing is what needs to change. That is the big question. So, you know, I asked the question a few weeks ago. Maybe maybe it was last week, I think. When will the Steelers be in an AFC Championship game again? It's a good question. Let's go back a step because that might be a little fortuitous. When will the Steelers win a playoff game? Well, maybe we should back up a little bit. When will they make the playoffs again? Well, maybe we should back up. And when will just a non-losing season not be considered sufficient? I understand the stats. 
I understand what everyone's talking about. I know how frustrating it is when some Steeler fans cling to the non-losing Mike Tomlin record and say, look at that, like, isn't that great? I get how that's frustrating for a lot of people. This is like a trickle-down thing, you know? The Steelers need to make these first steps before they get to the grand steps. And when you think about the Kansas City Chiefs and with the Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they came on quick. They had a pretty good quarterback anyways and Alex Smith, but the Steelers in terms of this trickle-down, well, they need to reverse it. Okay, so it all starts that you got to make the playoffs. Then how about winning a playoff game? Then get to the AFC Championship game, and then maybe get back to the big dance. Because what needs to happen is none of that has happened outside of the non-losing seasons since, well, I don't know, they haven't won a playoff game in that entire five-year stretch I just mentioned. So it's not a situation where you're thinking, oh, well, you know, that there was that one year. Yeah, that was the one year they started 11-0, the COVID year. And they just completely fell apart down the stretch. And so what needs to change? I'm not here. I'm not going to sit here and complain the entire podcast. It's what needs to change. Let's start with the fact that Omar Khan, if you didn't listen to my podcast on Monday with Jim Wexel, go back and listen. He gave some great insight on Omar Khan. It's got to start with the fact that Omar Khan is going into the first offseason season in his tenure as the GM of the Steelers. And the reason why that's got to be talked about first is that whether I'm talking about free agency, whether I'm talking about the draft, any other player acquisition, outside of the head coach of Mike Tomlin, this is all new to Omar Khan. He's been a part of the process, but he hasn't been the man. He hasn't been the guy, the one in charge, pulling the trigger on these moves. So I think that's important that we note that right away. So Omar Khan, we don't know. We don't know what to expect. We have expectations. We have a general understanding of what we would like to have happen, but we don't know. We don't know. So let's start with free agency because that is going to happen first. That legal tampering period starts on March 13th. It's two days. And then on March 15th is the first official day of the new league year when all of those agreements that are made in the first two days, well, they become finalized. So That's what happens, and then the NFL draft, obviously, and and this is something Dave Schofield says ad nauseum, because I think he hates this time of year based on the fact that everyone loves their mock drafts and stuff, and he always says, well, you don't know because you got to get through free agency first, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. So free agency, let's talk about it first. The Steelers need to make the right, smart moves, and they need to be made not, you know, not really hastily. I think I can't stress that enough. I think back to, you know, what they, boy, they made a lot of moves quickly last year. Mitch Trubisky was day one. Um, I want to say Mason Cole was, was within the first two days. Uh, James Daniels was early and all those things. I'm not saying it's bad, but sometimes you just got to pump the brakes and say, is this player that they're going to acquire? Is he worth it? Is he worth the money? So they, the Steelers don't have a ton of money. Covered that on a previous podcast. You can go check it out yourself. But still, the the smart moves need to be made. Now, look at last year's moves. Some of them were pretty good. I thought Levi Wallace, he was banged up some this year, but I thought he had a good season. You know, Mason Cole, you know, a lot of people thought he was a stopgap. He's not going to be the long-term answer at center. I thought he played well. He acclimated himself well. James Daniels, after a really rough preseason, I the, this is something Jeffrey Benedict mentioned on Tuesday in his morning podcast. He said, there were times we thought James Daniels forgot how to play football. He's not exaggerating, folks. Go back, 
listen to the podcast before the season in the preseason. I was probably one saying, wow, like they, they went out and spent how much? How many years? A guy that's completely whiffing, looks like a turnstile. Well, he turned it around. James Daniels turned it around. I love the way he finished the season. And then Miles Jack, he people love to kind of beat up on Miles Jack. I thought he was a good acquisition as well. So they've done it, but they, they're going to have to do it again because not all the moves are good. Think about Akello Witherspoon. Akello Witherspoon, I don't blame him. Hey, he capitalized on a really strong end to the 2021 season and turned it into a two-year contract, and maybe the Steelers get out of that. Maybe they don't. I don't know. You look at Gunnar Olszewski, and you're wondering, I don't know if that deal looks really good right now. There have been some misses. There have been some misses. If the Steelers can land some of the players that they feel like can really benefit this roster, free agency is step number one. You can't just always rely on the draft to fill all your team needs. You have to create the salary cap space, and you have to use that space wisely. And that's one area of this where I like Omar Khan more than anyone else in the National Football League to get that job done. So free agency is step number one. I do think there are some positions they should target. I do want to see them bring in a veteran wide receiver. I think that's important. I think they need to think about bringing in maybe another versatile offensive lineman who could maybe play guard or tackle. I think they need to look at defense on inside linebacker, possibly. Cornerback is an option as well. I think those are some of the big boxes. Safety, for sure. Uh, They need to check some of those boxes before they even get to the draft. So then you get to the NFL draft. And I I talked about this in the Steelers Update podcast, how there was a two-round mock draft by ESPN. The Steelers, why is that important? Well, I'm not going to talk about every mock draft that's ever written in the Steelers Update podcast, but this is one where when it's two rounds, you're talking about three Steelers picks. I thought that was noteworthy. So I brought it up. You'll have to go back and listen to see who the ESPN insider had the Steelers taking. But still, three picks in the top two rounds? the Steelers are going to have to capitalize on those picks. The foundation of building an organization, building a team that's going to be a contender and not just someone that is, as I used it, treading water, is still going to be built through the NFL draft. That's just the way that it is, folks. The foundation stays the same. And I'm going to stick with what Kevin Colbert always said about NFL draft picks in rounds one through three. They expect them to be starters. That's what he said, and I love that. I thought that was really smart, really wise, and it really painted a clear picture for the fan base as to, hey, we've, we've, we've drafted you rounds one, two, or three. Here's what we expect. I'm not saying you have to be a starter year one, but you're going to have to turn into a major contributor on this football team. And so here you have a situation where you look at rounds one through three, four draft picks, a lot of a lot of things can happen in that time period. But these these are the picks you can't miss on. The rounds one through three you can't miss. And I'm going to bring up one player everyone should know, third-round pick, Kendrick Green. Say what you want about potential. Say what you want about him working out with Marquise Pouncey. I don't care. The guy's not it. That's just the way it is. He's not it. And so since he's not it, you can't whiff on a third-round pick like that. Sets you back. That foundation's a little bit weaker then. You can't do it. So the NFL draft rounds one through three are going to be huge 
for this Pittsburgh Steelers team, and especially Omar Khan and Andy Weedle as they approach their first draft, first free agency, when it comes to their tenure in Pittsburgh. But that's not just it. I want to talk about the coaching. Not just the coaching in and of itself and like the actual X's and O's of coaching and, and managing a game. I'm not talking about that. I want to talk about how they need to develop a coaching staff to win. Heading into this season, this 2022 season that is almost done with the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Heading into this season, only two teams had 18 coaches on their coaching staff. The Raiders and the Steelers, smallest coaching staffs in the NFL. The Steelers have lost two now. They lost Brian Flores, most recently to the Minnesota Vikings, and they lost Blaine Stewart, who was an assistant wide receivers coach. Not a huge loss, but still, now that number goes from 18 to 16. Think about that. 16 coaches for an NFL team? Oh, that just... I, I feel like you gotta, you gotta do something here, whether it's Art Rooney II saying, look, Mike... The, the the checkbook is open, buddy. You know, these coaching hires, they don't count towards the salary cap. So let's go out and let's find some good coaches. I want to fill out this coaching staff. Let's get to 20. Let's hire four coaches in some capacity. And that number 18 is not counting like their quality control coach, their strength and conditioning team. These are just the coaches that coach the game of football in, in, in a different capacity, including Danny Smith on special teams. So, Keep this stuff in mind. They need to build a coaching staff to win, and that might mean they have to expand that staff. It seems foreign. Mike Tomlin or whether it's Art Rooney II, they like their small coaching staffs. They like that close-knit family environment. I understand all of that. What I also understand is, though, is that the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do some things different. Doing the same thing is going to have you still treading water Over and over again. I've talked about this a lot. They go through these phases in the draft under Kevin Colbert where it almost feels like it's all offense one year, all defense the next year. Seems like that would work out, right? It just doesn't. You end up neglecting one side over the other. I hate it. Have an even draft. Let's see what they can do. This offseason, in my opinion, is going to be a critical juncture of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization's history. If they nail free agency, and that doesn't have to, that doesn't mean they have to have a lot of players acquired. If they only make two moves, they're good. They're good moves. That's fine. And then you get to the NFL draft. If they hit on those draft picks, just like they did last season, have players that can contribute right away, be good, solid pieces of the puzzle. I'm not talking about Kendrick Green being thrust into the starting center role here. I'm talking about Jalen Warren as an undrafted rookie proving himself. Kenny Pickett. George Pickens, Connor Hayward, DeMarvin Leal. You get the picture. If they can draft like that again, the trajectory of this team is only going to go upward. If they miss, it's going to sta- it's going to be stagnant. They're going to be treading water again, and that can't happen. I'll tell you what will happen. Second half of this show, we're going to dive headfirst into the mailbag segment. We're going to do that right after this break. Stay tuned. All 
right, Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. It is Wednesday. It's the second half. You know what that means. It's time for the mailbag segment. If you follow me on Twitter or even if you just locate my Twitter feed, it's easy to find at J Hartman. That's a letter J H A R T M A N underscore P I T. All you got to do is find me on Tuesday morning. I put out the tweet saying, hey, fire away below. If you have the questions, reply to this tweet, and I will answer it. I used, you know, one of the most underrated movies, I think, in terms of really just, I didn't remember this in the theaters at all, but it was just when I saw it the first time. It's called The Other Guys, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. I love that movie. It has become one of my favorite movies so funny. I use one of those gifts where Mark Wahlberg saying, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. And he goes over and he kicks the water jug off the container. Just tremendous. Let's get started. Enough of that. Doc M, Southside Doc, our buddy who gave me a topic for an entire podcast last week. His question, the new GM combo should provide a different excitement this offseason. How much time do we need to pass before we should critically evaluate the moves? That's a good question. I mean, when you think about something like bringing in uh, a Larry Ogunjobi, I think that based on it being a one-year deal, you could be critical of that if you wanted. Uh, The contracts given out to Minka Fitzpatrick, Chris Boswell, Deontay Johnson, all those you could be critical of. As for the draft picks, when they get to their draft picks, you're going to have to give it time. You just don't know right off the bat, so you're going to have to give it time. Other than that, I think those moves can be analyzed now. You just have to give it a little bit of time for those other things. Good question, though. Eric asked, you said, if you could only pick one Steeler to be in the Hall of Fame, who would you choose, Elsie Greenwood or Heinz Ward? And this is a tough one. I just uh, was reading part of Wexel's book again, the the draft book, and he was talking about Elsie Greenwood and how uh, it was really crazy how they actually – neglected him in certain areas so that they would it was a sleeper pick but they set it up so that they didn't that make anyone think they were interested in him uh but i'm i'm gonna go with heinz ward because it's it's personal bias it's nothing against lc greenwood i never saw lc greenwood play i saw heinz ward play a hell of a lot and i'd love heinz ward i've always loved heinz ward so i'm gonna go with heinz ward even though they're both worthy of wearing the gold jacket even though lc greenwood obviously has passed away Brian Haynes asked several questions. Would you be upset with an all-defense draft? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Talked about this in the first half. It just feels like they, they go back and forth. I just want them to add to both sides of the football. I mean, last year you had Mark Robinson in the seventh round, and you had DeMarvin Leal in the third. Other than that, no defensive players. Everyone else is on offense. I'd like it to be more evenly split, but that's just me. The next one. From Brian, do you expect a Philadelphia Eagles-esque input from A.W.? Can he perform that kind of magic again? I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. So I'm just going to move on to the next one. In your opinion, he, this one from Brian, can Mark Wahlberg fly as a peacock? LOL, hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Thank you, Brian. Again, if you've never seen the other guys, just watch it. It's I think it's free on Amazon. I'm sure it's on Netflix. It's worth your time if you like to just laugh, if you just like to laugh. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Let's go to Corey Eckenroth. He's a great interview of Wexel on Monday. Thank you very much, Corey. He said, after listening to the inter- interview, I was thinking the whole time, at what point in the interview did Jeff realize that he was going to have to modify the show schedule because of how well the interview was going? Well, Jeff. Uh, so, Corey, to answer your question, there are certain times in interviews, and I've actually toyed with having my Monday morning conversation be an entire show. 
I, I have toyed with that, but I have had interviews where all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're talking and it's just, it's just not flowing. It's just not what I expected. And so therefore 15 minutes is good enough. Uh, but with Jim, I mean, he's such a, a wealth of knowledge. I, I wasn't about to have him stop telling stories to stop uh, giving his input from the locker room. Like when he was start telling stories about Omar Khan and how he answered the question about, you know, if Art Rooney, the chief, was a lovable loser and Dan Rooney was a foundational piece, what is Art the second? When he started talking about that, there's no way I'm going to cut him off. And so I was like, you know what? When I finished the show, I loved it. And I said, you know what? That's, that's, that's the show. Like that's the show. I'll add a little blurb at the beginning and I'll add a little blurb at the end. But man, that's the show. And I hope my fans like it. So far, everyone had a great response from that. If you missed that Monday show, go back and check it out. But, Corey, thank you for the comment and the question. Cheeseball10, it's a good question. Jeff, how do you balance your full-time job, BTSC, and family life? It feels like you have a lot on your plate, and I'm curious what you do to keep the ball rolling on the daily. It's a good question. So for those that don't know that might have just tuned in, uh, the, the stuff I do with Behind the Steel Curtain and the podcast network uh, is not my full-time job. I am a middle school teacher. I teach physical education and health. Uh, and so I, I, I work all day, and then I come home, and I typically have some other work to do. And I do have a wife. And I have five small children, 14 and under, and the youngest is four, oldest is 14, one boy and four girls. And uh, yeah, it's tough sometimes. They also have been very understanding of this being a job and that I take a lot of pride in this job. And so the, you know, the, the kids sometimes will be down here in the basement when I'm recording and they're playing and they know to be quiet and they, they love hear me, hearing me talk about the Steelers. They actually do. And uh, I just try to maximize my time when I'm not doing the work. So I try to do as much website work, whether they're asleep or during my planning at work at my other job, um, so that when I'm home, I'm home. Now, the only thing I have to do when I'm home that involves me being away from my family is recording podcasts, but it's okay. They understand. That's a great question. It's not easy. I'll put it that way. It's not easy. Let's go to Aiden Blaine. He said, hey, Jeff, a couple of questions for you today. Number one, what is the Steelers' weakest position group and what can be done to fix it? Let's start with that one. The weakest position group to me is inside linebacker. Now, you just don't know about Miles Jack. You don't know about Mark Robinson. Devin Bush is likely gone. Marcus Allen's probably gone. Not that I'd include him anyways. What can be done to fix it? Some will say go out and get a Tremaine Edmonds. Some will say if Miles Jack and Mark Robinson are healthy to, to maybe try to retain Robert Spillane. Some would say to draft an inside linebacker. There's a lot of ways to fix it. I just don't know which is the best one right now. Number two, second question from Aiden. What is the Steelers' strongest position group, and what can be done to maintain it? Okay, now we're going to the other side of the coin. Strongest position group, in my opinion. Whew, man, if we're just talking starters, but I don't know if we're just talking starters. I'm going to go with a, a position group that I said was at something of – they, they play at a championship level. Said this last week. Last Friday, I believe, was that podcast. Go check it out if you missed it. I said that the pass rushing duo of Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt was some of the, was maybe the best, one of the best duos in the National Football League. I stand by that. So I'm going to say that's their strongest position group. What can they do to maintain it? They need to keep adding to it. Not Stefan to it. Adding to the position group. Meaning, draft a player. Can't rely on someone like Quincy Roche, Jameer Jones, Malik Reed. It just doesn't cut it. You got to get someone else. I loved when Melvin Ingram, before he got disgruntled, I loved how 
he was that he was potentially that guy, that third guy. So for me, that's what I'm going to say. B. Selfridge asked two questions. Number one, how would you feel about cutting Jack and using that money to try to bring in another Edmonds brother, then pairing him with a rookie linebacker we dropped on either day one or day two? So if you cut Miles Jack, you can save some money. Would that be enough to bring in Tremaine Edmonds? I don't know. Will they bring in Tremaine Edmonds without Terrell coming back? I doubt it. So this is one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm just going to say that they're going to keep Jack. I think Tremaine Edmonds is going to cost too much money. But I do think that if Miles Jack is even there, getting a young linebacker would be okay. Maybe that young linebacker is Mark Robinson, though. We got to keep that in the back of our minds. I, I wasn't, we didn't see too much of him. Keep that in mind. Second from B. Selfridge, after Kenny's first year, do you think there are some teams that look back and regret not drafting him? And if so, who do you think those teams are? It's interesting that you say that based on the fact that I wrote this article for the website. ESPN, they did an insider story where they redrafted the 2022 NFL draft. And I, I'm always curious, after the season's over, after they saw what the rookies did, okay, where do they rank everyone? And I want to see how many Steelers were like first-round picks. And so what I decided to do was I was like looking, okay, okay Kenny, Kenny Pickett got drafted by the Saints. And I remember last offseason before the draft, I had Tony Pauline on, and he said he could see Kenny Pickett going to the New Orleans Saints. And I, I I was expecting that. Atlanta was another team. And I do think there are teams that probably regret drafting him. But, hey, their luck, their, their, their misfortune is the Steelers' luck. And so uh, I, I think there are probably teams there. That's a good, good, great question. Great question. You can check out that article behind the steelcurtain.com. David Briggs says, hey, Jeff, great Monday conversation. Thank you very much, David. He said, is Pat McAfee's buddy Kabali one of those Steelers insiders that would never come on the podcast because they think it's not real media? Cough, cough, Mark Madden. So uh, Mark Madden is is in his own realm in this regard. For Kabali, I've never even reached out to the guy. When I was – and this is kind of – not to take you back down memory lane here, but hey, when I started out uh, – I started out as just a guy that ran his own blogger website, literally blogspot.com, which was Google's like, hey, well, you can write a free website. It's real crappy looking, but I decided I'm going to do my own website. I called it the Black and Gold Blitz. I covered all three Pittsburgh teams. I love doing it. I did podcasts. I used to just message like on Twitter, like mention like, hey, Mark, question about the Steelers. I would never even get a response. And it wasn't like I was mean about it. I just want, I just had a question. Hey, Jerry Dulac, have a question. Like, these guys never even give fans the time of day. And so it's one of those things that I told myself, and I didn't say this publicly to anyone. I didn't even tell my wife. I said, you know what? If, if I ever get to the point where I have a platform where people come to me and they ask me questions like every Wednesday on the mailbag segment – I'll be damned if I ever say no to anyone, and I'll be damned if I ever don't at least respond or acknowledge your response, meaning by liking the tweet or responding, saying thank you. Uh, I just never wanted to be that way. And so there's certain people that I don't even try and reach out because, number one, I I don't want to talk to them. Uh, You just see the way they interact with people on Twitter. I I have zero interest in having some like a conversation with some of these people. Uh, Jim has never been that guy. And so for me, that's why I like having Jim on the show. That's why I like having Chris Carter on the show. Chris Carter's a beat writer now too. Um, There's a couple that I might reach out to this off season, but ultimately, um, yeah, that's to answer your question. uh, Some of these people, just the way that they interact with fans, I just hate it. 
Nathan Vance likes it. Happy hump day, Jeff. Would you rather go golfing with Big Ben or Cam Hayward? To me, this is easy. It's Big Ben. I would love to golf with Ben Roethlisberger. I think it would be fun. Uh, He's a great golfer. So I think Cam might not be that great. I have no interest in having to look for golf balls on every single hole. Uh, Ben would be able to tell some great stories. Not that Cam wouldn't. If Cam could be there too, that would be great. I'd love to have that be like, let's add one more. So if if we're having a a foursome here with the golf, it's myself, it's Ben, it's Cam. TJ Watson, up-and-coming golfer. I saw him golfing a lot last offseason. Let's throw him in there. Let's have some fun. We'd have Ben. We'd have two of the defensive captains. I'd love that. That would be great. King Tibbs says, I've been thinking about free agents, Jeff, so would you prefer Tremaine or Hargrave? So if I had to choose between Tremaine Edmonds or uh, Javon Hargrave, I'm going to take Hargrave. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that a good defensive front is going to free up linebackers, and you don't need that dynamic linebacker all the time if you have a good front. So if I had to pick, I'm going to take Hargrave. A lot of people would take Edmonds. I get it, but that's the way I'm going. Peter McNibbles. <laughs> he said, hey, J-Dog, no question here. I didn't know I'm being called J-Dog, but that's fine. I'm cool with it. Hey, He said, no question here. I just wanted to introduce a very new member of Steelers Nation. My wife and I welcomed our daughter at the end of 2022 into this world, and you know I had to get a terrible town newborn picture of her. Keep up the good work. Hashtag ride or die crew. Peter, it's awesome that you shared that with me. What a beautiful, beautiful child you have. If you want to check out the photo, you just have to find my Twitter feed. I love the fact that people want to share this with me. Maybe it said I have five kids. I don't know, uh, but still, uh, it's awesome. Beautiful picture, beautiful child. Enjoy the little times with the with the little ones. They grow so fast. Time goes so quick. Uh, just enjoy it. That's all I can say is just enjoy it. Last question here from Brandon Diaz. Two for one. I didn't know that was a special today, but it is, I guess, for some. Number one, do the Steelers get a veteran backup for Kenny or draft one? I think that this all depends on how they handle the Mitch Trubisky situation. I wrote that article as well for Behind the Steel Curtain. Go check that out. How, you know, a lot of people are saying, are they going to want to bring him back? And if so, are they going to, does Mitch want to come back? I don't know. We'll see. If they definitely get rid of him, then they got to go veteran. If they bring him back, I think they would draft maybe a, a quarterback in the late rounds, thinking like a Brock Purdy, maybe not with that upside, so to speak. But I think maybe they could trade, or not trade, but pick up someone late as like a third arm or get like a Chris Oladokun to come back. They could never know. Second, what's your favorite random Steeler player, random Steeler player. Uh, try to think of a, of a fresh one here because I used Barry Foster. Uh, I was my childhood favorite player. Let's hear a, 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 a man, favorite random Steeler player. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to say that, I, mean, I had a lot of favorites as a kid. Um, I, I I don't even know if it's random. I used to always love Carnell Lake. I used to always love Carnell Lake. His position flexibility, the time when he stepped in and played cornerback and then moved to safety and just really great stuff. So I'll go with number 37, Carnell Lake. Good questions, everybody. I really do appreciate all of you. And uh, I appreciate everyone for taking the time to ask questions. I'm always going to answer every single one. So good show. You know what's coming up on Friday? Jeremy Jerome Betts will be joining me. We'll be talking about the Super Bowl. We're going to give you our Super Bowl picks, all that good stuff, as well as a topic that I find very interesting. We'll play a little game of stay or go with Steelers free agents, so make sure you check that out on Friday. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe. 
Be kind and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you on Friday.